0: the future of the new orleans saints coaching staff will be determined by the last seven games of the season we got all that and a little bit of yap for you on today's episode of locked on saints you are locked on saints your daily new orleans saints podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part a Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, and much more, you can become a Locked On Saints insider by simply texting HOODAT to 504-285-747. Three. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays in the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, so post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL to post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're answering some of the biggest questions for the Saints, looking as the season progresses, not just going into this week out of the bye week, but as the season progresses, what are some of the biggest questions that this team is or that we're trying to answer around this team? We're going to take a look at some of the questions that came in through threads and our insider community. Uh, It's starting off with what does the draft look like for the New Orleans Saints? Where are they drafting? Uh, who's potentially you know in play there and how that can change as we move forward? We're also going to be taking a look at uh, whether or not the Saints can still make the playoffs, how that all works out, what that could mean, and sort of the ripple effect of that as well. But the first thing I want to look at here is the coaching staff. Are they on the hot seat with seven games remaining here this season? And so, I think that this one varies depending upon how the rest of the seven games go, but I do think that the future of this New Orleans Saints coaching staff 100% hangs in the balance on these next seven games, whether this team makes the playoffs, how they make the playoffs, if they don't make the playoffs, and how they don't make the playoffs if they don't all factor in. So let's start off with a couple of different things in terms of how this team might look at the end of the year and how that would reflect upon the coaching staff. If this team falls apart moving forward, coaching on down, and they miss the playoffs, they don't win the NFC South, which would mean they missing the playoffs. If they don't even come in second in the NFC South, they somehow fall behind the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for instance, who are currently four and six after dropping their game to the San Francisco 49ers this weekend, which gives the Saints a little bit of breathing room in the division, especially if they can win this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons. But if that doesn't happen, and if they drop a second game to Tampa, they drop a second game to Atlanta, they drop the game to Detroit, Los Angeles, all that, and they just kind of fall apart here toward the end of the season, then yeah, I think there's going to be some big time coaching staff changes at that point. And you're going to start hearing more and more of the conversation around Dennis Allen. As of right now, I don't think there's going to be a lot of conversation around Dennis Allen within the organization. I know where the fan base is coming from. I get that 100%. But if this team makes the playoffs or if this team just misses the playoffs because injuries or because certain things just don't necessarily go their way and it's not you know a, a situation where they go out there and shoot themselves in the foot, if they look like a much improved team over the course of the last seven games but miss the playoffs, I think that the Saints would make the argument to keep Dennis Allen. Whether or not that's the right or wrong decision, as we've talked about before, this organization is very loyal, sometimes loyal to a fault. Would that be an example of that? 2024 would answer that question. But I think in that case, if the Saints didn't make the playoffs, but didn't look terrible down the stretch, then you would see changes at the coordinator spots, particularly offensive coordinator. I don't think that Joe Woods is is in any risk as long as Dennis Allen is still around. If there's a head coaching change, then any coordinator, any assistant, like you're at risk at any point, right? Because new coach comes in, wants their own staff, all that. Doesn't matter how well you performed, how poorly you performed or anything like that, you're going to end up kind of. In limbo in that case, no matter what, if there's a head coaching change. But if there's, a ch- if there's not a change at head coach, I could still see there being a change at offensive coordinator. If this team makes the playoffs and limps their way falling backwards into the playoffs, offensive staff changes, offensive coordinator changes make a ton of sense. Maybe some defensive staff changes could happen uh, for Dennis Allen and, and that Dennis Allen would elect for. But if this team makes the playoffs, whether falling backwards into it or steamrolling their way into it, Dennis Allen's job is safe for 2024. I think that there's no doubt about that. The team, the organization, they value stability. They value continuity. All of those things. I don't think that that would change all of a sudden moving forward. Again, whether or not this is the right or wrong decision, 2024 would have to answer that question. But we know the way that the New Orleans Saints think. At this point or to this point if the Saints team steamrolls their way into the playoffs right they go let's say they go six and one five and two down the stretch they end up a 10 win team 10 plus win team whatever it was that you know we kind of expected them to be at the beginning of the season and they proved to be that I still think that there's an argument for changes at offensive coordinator at that point now you can call me vindictive you can call me whatever you want to call me I'm not emotionally involved like that my job is to cover this team. And if you cover this team in any way, bias or unbiased, you can see that this offense has struggled for the past two years, right? Since the beginning of 2022. And a lot of that comes down to lack of creativity in the offensive side, lack of motion, lack of play action, all these other things that we always talk about. But even still, beyond just like motion and play action, you can still have a relatively Um, successful offense doing that. The Cincinnati Bengals, for instance, they aren't necessarily a heavy motion, heavy play action team. They are a drop back, sit back, stand in the pocket and deliver the football type of team. But you can see that the scheming of receivers, all that kind of stuff ends up helping. And it's not like the New Orleans Saints are devoid of talent in comparison to the Cincinnati Bengals in that case. You can still run an offense that way without using motion, without using play action, all those things. Uh, But You'd certainly love to see it, right? You still want to see the innovation going there. So, I do think that in any case, I could see and make a case for a change on the offensive staff, particularly when it comes to coordinator. I could absolutely see that. Make the playoffs by steamrolling in, make the playoffs by falling backwards into it, miss the playoffs, but look good, miss the playoffs, look bad. In any case, I could absolutely see that being the case. Uh, but I don't think, I think the only situation in which Dennis Allen loses his job from the New Orleans Saints and they decide to go a different direction at head coach is if they miss the playoffs and completely fall apart down the way and he loses the locker room or something like that. But we've seen no evidence of a lost locker room. I know a lot of people outside like to talk about that, but as somebody that's been in the locker room a ton, there is no loss of the locker room. There's no loss of these players in their faith within themselves and the system and all this. Everybody's bought in. Everybody's still out there giving effort. And if you want, um, uh, we're going to talk about signs of life a little bit later. If you want signs of life, you can find them for this team. But the thing for me is that you have to get past signs of life and you have to get into living. And that's what this New Orleans Saints team needs to do moving forward. So that's that I look at the the coaching staff and sort of how hot their seat is. Um, The other staff members and things like that, that all depends on if there's ever a change at coordinator or head coach, right? Like I said, if there's a change at head coach, that new head coach wants to bring in their own staff. If there's a change at offensive coordinator, that offensive coordinator will want its own assistance and stuff like that. So all those things would end up having an impact. But that's the way that I look at it in terms of how hot the seat is for the New Orleans Saints coaches. Not so hot where you might think it is, but just as hot as it should be in other areas. Coming up next, let's take a look at whether or not this New Orleans Saints team can be a playoff team. And I don't just mean make the playoffs. I mean, can they win in the playoffs? We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. As a small business or a large business, hiring new employees can always feel like a high-stakes wager. So help get the odds in your favor by checking out our friends over at LinkedIn. They do everything that it takes to make sure that you are getting the best qualified candidates that are available and help you make sure that you speak right to the people that you want to add to your team that are the right fit faster and for free, they do that by giving you things like screening questions and other hiring tools. Screening questions helps you make sure that uh, different candidates have the right skills and the required experience that you're looking for so you can talk to the candidates you want to talk to and hire as opposed to you're know, wasting your time in an interview, finding out those base level things. You can get access to all of that very, very quickly. And without any labor on your side. So go and check them out today. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked in NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked in NFL to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions apply. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Hey, in case you haven't heard about it, Locked On has launched the nation's first. 24-7 sports, national sports coverage YouTube stream at Locked On Sports Today. Be a part of history. Go and check it out, Locked On Sports Today on uh, on YouTube. It's awesome. It's really, really cool. Like, it's a really cool thing to get to be a part of. Um, as we look at this next thing, the, the next big question around the New Orleans Saints, the question that I often get is, can the Saints make the playoffs? What I really want to know is, can the Saints win if they get to the playoffs? If you look at the way that the playoff picture kind of works out right now, the Saints, If they win their division, the NFC South will probably be a fourth seed team, which means they're going to play the highest wild card seed. They would play the, the fifth ranked team in that case. And so that could be like a Dallas Cowboys team that looks really good, but is right behind the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East because of how hotly contested that division is. So could the New Orleans Saints hosting a playoff game win a game against a team like the Dallas Cowboys. That's really the thing that I'm looking at. So, what I will say is that the Saints can absolutely make the playoffs. This is and, and and whether they make the playoffs on their own merit or whether they make the playoffs based on how bad the division is, that's for a conversation for later. We'll see how that ends up working out. Ideally, you want it to be that the Saints earn their way into a playoff spot, right? Like you want to see them win the division as opposed to default as the division winner, right? Very different situation there. And so if they do that, all you got to do is get to the dance. And you can do that. The Saints can absolutely, absolutely be a playoff team. There's no doubt about that. But can they win in the playoffs is the real kind of next question. And as of right now, I I haven't seen much that tells me that they would be able to win in the playoffs. They've gone up against two different teams with winning records so far this season, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Minnesota Vikings, and in neither game did did they lead for a single second. Single second. So as of right now, it would be hard for me to look at this team and just to keep it real believe that they can go into a playoff environment and win that game. But there's seven games left to build that momentum. And it's seven games against beatable teams. I mean, the Detroit Lions are going to be your biggest competition here coming forward. They're certainly not impervious. Um, And look, you've got a bunch of division games. You've got the Los Angeles Rams outside of that. I mean, you're in a pretty solid situation for what you have. Right. You've got what five division games left. You've got two against the Atlanta Falcons. You, no, sorry. You've got four division games left. Uh, and then you've got, you know, a couple of otherwise winnable games for this team. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily something that I would rule out that this team can't get there. Right. So I'm, uh, my big thing is y- you got to build the momentum here. And, and this is what the New Orleans Saints have struggled to do over the course of the last. Season and a half, the last 27 games, is that they have not built momentum. Win a game, lose a couple of games, win two games, lose a couple of games. Now they won three games out of four at the end of last year, but they couldn't get the fourth out of four to really carry that momentum into the end of the season. So now's the time to change that. They had a real opportunity with stringing together. It could have been a, a third win in a row against the Minnesota Vikings, but the team just wasn't ready early on in this game, right? Early on in that game. And that's what ended up costing them this matchup. Or that matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. And so if you can fix the early starts or or the the if you can get the early starts going, you're going to be in a much better placement if you perform half as good as you performed early on in games, but then just as good as you have late in games, you're going to be in opportunities to win football games. And so you can start to build that momentum, but you have to be able to build that momentum going into the playoffs. If, if the Saints go in doing what they've done so far, Win two games, lose two games, win two games, whatever, or win two game or win a game, lose three games, win four games, whatever, or or three games. Like it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work in that case. And so I, I that's that's going to be the deciding thing for me about whether or not they can actually win if they get to the playoffs. Is if they can have real momentum going in, not just you know struggling coming out of the buy, losing games and stuff like that, and then pick up momentum at the end of the at the end of the season. I mean, you know, if if this team goes, let's say. They win against the Atlanta Falcons, they lose to the Detroit Lions, and then they win out, right? Or they win against the Atlanta Falcons, they lose to the Detroit Lions, then they lose again, and then they win out, whatever. I I don't know. You know, I don't know what it has to look like, but they have to build some momentum here. And ideally, they start right out of the bye, and then maybe, maybe get that big upset win against uh, 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 against the Detroit Lions. Because then the rest of the way, you have your division games, you've got the Rams, and you've got, what, the Giants? These are all winnable games that they have ahead. So I think if they can build that momentum, then absolutely we should be talking about them as a playoff team. What's the biggest factor to them being a playoff team? Well, right now it, it, it's looking like it might be along with the offense, along with the slow starts of both sides of the football. Now we're starting to ask the question about health. How long is Michael Thomas going to be out? How long is Marshall Lattimore going to be out? Is Derek Carr going to be good to go this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons? And we're watching you know, more and more players come back within a week of concussions. Alexander Madison, the running back for the Minnesota Vikings, he suffered a concussion against the New Orleans Saints. He played this past weekend. Could that be the case for Derek Carr, knowing that there's been a bye week in between, right? You've effectively had two weeks, which usually lines up with what the timeline tends to be for concussion protocol. So there's a good chance that Derek Carr is back. But what if he's not? So you know, we're going to start to figure out all these kinds of things um, later today, as well as throughout the rest of this week. Uh, But it's very hard to predict. It's very hard to, to, to predict, but I think that health now is becoming, again, a big factor for this New Orleans Saints team. Uh, and in a month, uh, uh, amidst all of that, is sort of this underlying conversation about the offensive line, which hasn't gotten worse, hasn't gotten better. Um, it's just kind of been at that sort of 26, 25% pressure rate so far this year. Uh, these are the things that they've got to be able to navigate coming out. So hopefully, the bye week offered them the opportunity, uh, as well as it offered them the time. We know it gave them the time, but hopefully it offered them the opportunity. uh, And it offers them the improvement that they need coming out of this bye week to really, really, really be able to get that meaningful amount of momentum going into what can hopefully still be a playoff run for this team, right? Like I'm not going to sit here and, and just like beat a dead horse with how bad the team has looked in certain situations. There's every opportunity to fix that moving forward. And I think if you're able to to be healthy, right, or at least be able to produce around your health, which means, you know, if Marshawn Lattimore can't go, Isaac Adams performed well out there so far already this season when he had to come in for Paulson Adebo. Can he continue to do that? Chris Olave has stepped into a featured role with Michael Thomas out before. That's what made him such an explosive and productive rookie last year. Can he do that again this year? How does A.T. Perry step up? into additional opportunities as well. Like all that's going to be there. Can the defense get its get its eyes fixed before the game? Or you know, not fixed, but like, can they get their eyes, can they get their eye discipline fixed, right? Those issues that they've had troubles with. Like if they can fix all these things, then all of a sudden, like we're talking about a team that can really roll here. Um, should you expect it? No, but should you believe it when you see it? Yes, right? But you got to see it first. And that that's on the New Orleans Saints to show it. Coming up next, let's take a look at a couple of different questions from uh, some of our folks over at Threads, as well as, of course, our insiders uh, with uh, the Locked on Saints Insider Program. We got those questions, and starting with, what can the New Orleans Saints do in the draft if it started today? We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. DoorDash is always my go-to for food delivery and even food pickup. sometimes. When I want to order from somewhere and then just walk over to pick them up and all that in my neighborhood... I love being able to do that because I love being able to support all of the local spots like G's Pizza. For instance, I ordered some stuff from G's Pizza the other day, had it delivered straight to the house, didn't have to worry about anything and all, got to finish up all my work and focus on, you know, life. And all of a sudden I got, you know, pizzas and cheesy breads and all these other things just showing up to the crib. Like, come on, come on. What more can you ask for uh, in today's day and age? Make sure you can check it out today. You're going to get 50% off up to a $10 value if you're a new customer $15 or more when you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Once again, that is LOCKED23, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3 to get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order on the DoorDash app. Let's get into that nation, wrapping up today's episode with a couple of questions from our folks over at Threads, as well as our Locked on Saints Insiders program. Don't forget, you can join the Locked on Saints Insiders program by simply texting HOODAT to 504-285-7473. And I want to start off with one of our insiders, Kai, who asked about where the Saints currently draft or are slated to draft if the season were to end today, and what kind of opportunities that opens up for them if they were if if the draft started today. So, uh right now they're slated to pick number 19 because they're expected to be a playoff team, they're winning, they're leading the division at the moment. So because of that, they're seen as one of the first uh playoff spots in 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 the draft. So they would be number 19 at the moment. That puts them in position to do a couple of different things, right? It puts them in position to look at a quarterback. If they want to look at a young quarterback in the first round also puts them in good position to address their offensive line or their defensive line. So there's a lot of like being right in the middle-ish of the NFL draft in the first round is helpful. They would also be in line for a nice pick in the second round, thanks to the uh, the Denver Broncos who are performing much better right now, but it would still give them a pick in the top half or right in the first half of the second round. So what that does is gives you opportunities to where if you're sitting at 19 and you want to move up with, let's say, the New York Jets at 11, you package your first round pick and that second round pick, and you might be able to get up to do that. So there's some opportunities to really be able to hone in on a specific prospect that this team wants to go and get, and then go and get that. The thing that will be challenging, though, is that the Saints right now don't have a third round pick and don't have a fourth round pick. Now, the fourth round spot can be impacted if they get a compensatory pick for the fourth round. But as of right now, they've got a first, a second, a fifth, and two sixths. That's it, right? They only have a few picks. Now get some more because of compensatory selections, some in the sixth, some in the fifth, maybe one in the fourth. Uh, we'll see. But that that's kind of where the draft shapes up for them right now. So if they want to address quarterback, they could do that in the first round. They could possibly do it in the second round as well. There's no there's not a lot of talk about all of these guys jumping into the first round right now, as well as guys like Jaden Daniels has played. We'll have to see exactly what happens when you know everybody kind of gets their their film work done and then the, their interviews and all this other stuff. Like the draft is going to change dramatically between the end of the college season and the beginning of the actual NFL draft. It's going to change like crazy over the course of that time, but that's kind of where the New Orleans Saints are set right now when it comes to uh, when it comes to the NFL draft. Not bad, not great. Um, certainly can change if they miss the playoffs too. They would they would skyrocket, or m- not skyrocket, but move quite a bit of a ways up the board uh, if they ended up missing the playoffs. Um, let's go to threads here next. Uh, Tris, somebody asked, uh, this comes from Jacob, who asked, uh, as an AFC West guy, uh, how are you feeling about the car experience so far? So I I maintain still that like I withhold my judgment around quarterbacks until they're in a system that supports them. I don't believe that the Saints system right now is supported can support Derek Carr. I don't believe that it can support Jameis Winston. I don't believe that it maximizes Michael Thomas. I don't believe that it maximizes the weapons that those quarterbacks would be throwing to all of those things. So for right now, my my initial sort of thoughts on the, uh, the, the Derek Carr experience is that ain't, ain't nobody doing anybody favors right now. Quarterback ain't doing system favors, system ain't doing quarterback favors. So we'll wait and see what happens next year. That's kind of where I am when it comes to Derek Carr. Experience thus far, but I'm not going to call it an experiment at this point because he's one year into a four-year deal, effectively a two or three-year deal. Um, Let's wait and see how that all works out and if the Saints end up going a different direction in terms of their offensive system next year and how that potentially benefits Derek Carr moving forward. That's what I would be waiting to see. Uh, Let's jump back to uh, subtext here, our friends over at the Insider Program. I want to go to Molly next who asked a great question. What are the signs of life for this team, for the New Orleans Saints, I think this is a really interesting question. The thing that I like about it is that like it's not about like what's the silver lining or like what's the what should we feel good about? Where's where's the positives around this team? It's just like okay, where, where's where's like where's the breathing right? Like where can we see it? And I think that where you see signs of life for the New Orleans Saints are in the second halves of the of the games that they've been playing here recently. The defense is blocked up. The the offense has at least put points on the board, scored touchdowns, all that. Uh, I think that that's where you see signs of life for this team so far. The issue is that it happens in the second half, right? The challenge has been that it doesn't happen in the first. They get into this massive hole of some sort, and then they either have to fight and claw their way back or struggle to keep their head above water as best as they can. And in some cases, like Minnesota, in terms of you know never having a lead, never really getting their heads above, the water, above water in the first place. So I would say that, like for me, the signs of life are what you see in the second half. The way to take those signs of life and turn them into living is going to be by producing that way in the first half uh, as well. So that's, that's the way that I would look at it. Um, Taylor asked, what's the realistic expectation for Jason Pierre-Paul? Um, he, he's on the practice squad right now. When Isaiah Fossey comes back, does he go back to the practice squad? Um, when Peyton Turner potentially comes back, how does that impact Jason Pierre-Paul? My expectations on Jason Pierre-Paul's impact on this team are brief um and and not so high um and and that's just because it would be unfair otherwise to have like major expectations because we don't even know how much he's going to see the field or if he does see the field they brought him in on the practice squad he intends to contribute but does he get the opportunity to contribute that will be the deciding factor for all of it all right, let's get to another question here from s parker who asked uh the saints don't do you know he's asking about like sn- motion and play action and all those other things so what does a team gain in this day and age by not doing those things. So there's a couple of things that we've actually asked this question a couple of times, haven't really gotten a full answer to it. But the thing that I look at that we can say that you gain uh, from not doing play action is that you don't force the quarterback to turn his back to the defense. That's why you don't run it a bunch. Even the teams that run it a lot, run it like 30% of snaps, 20% of snaps, stuff like that. They don't run it in some offenses you do, but they don't oftentimes run it 60, 80% of the time. You know what I mean? Because you're forcing your quarterback to take the snap, turn around, turn his head and back to the defense and then come back up. So what that means is that those defenses, if they know you're running play action, play action, play action, play action all the time, and you just spent all game running play action, they are just going to send mad pressure because by the time that your quarterback turns around, pressure is going to be in his face. The other thing is disguise. Uh, to where, which the Saints haven't been doing a lot of on their defensive side, but other teams do a lot of on their defense, is that they show you one look, you as the quarterback take the snap, you go, you do the play action, as you turn back around to face the defense, bam, you're in a new look on defense, and that can cause some trouble for quarterbacks to read the coverage. So those are the downsides to too much play action because you can kind of feed into into that. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it though, just means you probably don't do it 100% of your snaps. Motion. There's not really a downside. I mean, the only thing I would say downside is that it increases your opportunity to um, to have errors on offense, right? False starts, things like that, illegal lineups and stuff to where you know, you're running motion and doing things that could potentially discombobulate or confuse people on the offensive side. But that's why you practice it. That's why you practice it. So I, I can't give a real like, oh, here's absolutely why the Saints don't do or why you shouldn't do or what the downside is to motion. Because the only downside to motion really is if you're not executing it correctly. And that's what the practice week is for. And then finally, we'll wrap up with this question here from Ben on Threads who asks, what is a major weakness for Atlanta that the Saints could try to take advantage of? Ball security. The uh, Atlanta Falcons have already surrendered nine fumbles lost so far this season. They put the ball on the ground a lot. And they also don't turn the ball over. uh, Or sorry, they also don't force turnovers. They don't take the ball away. Um, very often at all. Uh, and so they've only got 10 takeaways so far on the season, only five of which being interceptions. So you should be able to pass pretty comfortably against this defense, and you should be able to uh potentially punch the ball out. So I think that's the other thing that you're looking for is can you create the turnovers and not turn the ball over? In that case, the um the uh, Atlanta Falcons give up a lot of for, uh, of, of turnovers, particularly fumbles. Uh, looks like fourth most in the NFL so far but they don't force many turnovers, 27th in the NFL in turnovers sports. So that's going to be the big key. The other thing is that they don't score a lot of points, 24th scoring uh, offense in the NFL, 18th scoring defense. So they kind of like middle of the pack. So there's some real opportunity there for you to be able to do it. I mean, they've given up 217 total points and have scored only 189. So there's a real opportunity for you to outscore, which is going to get you a win. But the, the thing that's going to be the formula for that is by creating those takeaways and, and taking advantage of the giveaways that Atlanta has been so uh, cu- accustomed to giving up so far this season. So for me, that that's the big thing: punch at the ball every chance that you get. Try to keep some of these runners up, and then go after the football. That would be my thing uh, if I'm if I'm coaching this New Orleans Saints defense. All right, coming up tomorrow it's Tuesday, so we're going to be taking a look at some film. Uh, so we're going to be taking a look really at uh, still going back to we would usually spend Tuesday like looking at the analytics and the film from. The game that the Saints just played, but since they've already, since we've already done that earlier last week, let's look at the Atlanta Falcons, right? What are some of the things that they'd like to do? How comfortable are they in certain situations, and how can the New Orleans Saints take advantage of that? So that's what we're going to look at tomorrow, uh, and then rolling out throughout the rest of the week, just getting you ready for Sunday's game. Appreciate you as always. Make it locked on Saints. Your first listen of the day every day. And a big thank you to all you everydayers out there. I thank you very much for making us a, sh- a part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.